You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 14, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Eli. Adam. And Ben. We're four guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much, we made this podcast just to talk about them. This episode, our Toy of the Week, is TV Toys Rapid Review Style, and our discussion topic is Action Figure Photography. Well, here we are back again, and it is indeed episode 14. Amazing that we're still around, really. How are we all, gentlemen? Yeah, pretty good. Right. Very good. Yeah, Great. good. Welcome back, Adam. Thanks so much for joining us again. Welcome to be here. Yeah, obviously we didn't do a good enough job of scaring you away last time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, extra welcome back to Eli. Yeah, thanks. Yes, please. Do. I feel like I'm um, back in the land of living a bit this weekend. This week, yeah, that's wonderful. We're glad that you're back in the land of the living with us. And Mr. Ben, are you well? I am. Yes, thank you. Wonderful. Now, I was thinking today, in honor of episode 14, I would ask you guys, what were you collecting when you were 14, besides pimples <laughs> and girls? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's about the year I started collecting girls. Oh. <laughs> and I wasn't very successful. Okay. <laughs> Keen interest. Keen interest, right. Yeah, I don't yeah, think I was quite there of, yet. Did that I leave a lot of believe... time for other things then? <laughs> no, I do believe that was about the height of my um, comic collecting activity at that stage. Um I had a very small room and, and probably a good quarter of it was taken up with my comics. But, yeah, nothing other than that. And uh, started actually buying music too. It might have coincided with indulging in other um, extracurricular activities because I was listening to, you know, Pink Floyd and The Doors and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> what about you, Adam? What do you reckon you were collecting at 14? 14 would have been... Comics, um, what else was there? The 1994 Fleer X-Men action, or X-Men cards, which I got the full set of apart from some of the foils. Um, and other than that, anything that was Formula One related and free. <laughs> cool. What about, what about you, Ben? Uh, I, I think by about that time is when I really discovered the two comic book stores in my city. So I'd, I'd started a transition from getting them from the local newsstand to an actual comic book store, and I discovered the world of uh, back issues uh, in a big way. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was a pretty cool time, actually. Yeah. That, mm. I, I was definitely getting full-on into comics at that time. I was 14 in 84, and uh, so at the height, I think, of you know the Perez Wolfman Teen Titans and when Legion of Superheroes was one of the top-selling books for DC, and that's where I discovered my love of the Legion. So definitely, definitely comics for me, and I'm pretty sure I would have had some uh, superpowers toys hanging around too, but probably 
aging out of collecting toys at that point, only to age into them again much later, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. It's a little celebration of 14, seeing as the podcast turns 14 today. Let's get moving and let's get started with some articulated news. Open the jaw, Grace. The powers of evil control Castle Grayskull. Oh, yeah, Dad, what's wrong in power? I'll get us inside, He-Man. Ram-Man, He-Man, and Castle Grayskull, each sold separately. You have to put the castle together. Ram-Man, use your head. I just did. Not that way. We have a prisoner. Good. Who's the prisoner? You are, because we have the power. Oh, no. Ram Man and He-Man from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from Mattel. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated News is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just the stories that relate to things that we're interested in and that captured our interest this week. And Adam, I believe that we're starting with you. What news caught your eye this week? Uh, what I've found is this uh, gentle giant Iron Man Avengers Deluxe minibus kind of guy. It looks like he's probably about, what, nine, ten inches maybe tall. So it's the Avengers movie armor, and it's got lots of little details and whatnot going on with him. looks very shiny. He looks a little bit kind of uh, battle damaged in places. Like might just be the, the buffing on it and the shine on it, but I'm not really sure. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, it looks quite good. Um Apparently, if we'd gotten in with this one a couple of weeks ago, it would have been significantly cheaper for, well, I'm assuming that's American shoppers only because it was $59 plus free shipping and uh, regularly $85. Yeah, we would have been out of luck because General Giant doesn't ship to Australia. (laughs) Yeah. Don't get him started. Don't get me started. I'm still bitter over not getting my black cat, but that's a different story. (laughs) It's (laughs) It's a good looking bus, though. Those gentle giant busts, they're, they're a bigger scale than Bowen, aren't they? They're, uh, I think they're one-sixth, um, and Bowen's generally about one-eighth. So, they, yeah, it would be a fair size. Yeah. It's the – yeah, it does look like if, it, if it's a 10-inch – yeah, one-sixth scale. Yeah. It's interesting. So, yeah, quite big. We actually haven't seen a lot of Mark Seven stuff yet, so – it's kind of interesting, you know, from from that perspective to see, um, you know, what that looks like in in toy form. It's it looks pretty photoshopped. The the promo it does the photo. face in particular, yeah, yeah. So yeah, a little bit hard to tell how it's going to turn out. But yeah, yeah have, we seen the, have, have we seen the Hot Toys Mark Seven yet? No. No. no, no. I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of over the whole. You know, every new instance of Iron Man has to have a new version of the armor. Um, it's like they make it more and more techy and sleek, and it's like just pick one and stick with it. Oh, <laughs> yes. And they just keep refining it. They don't wholesale overhaul it apart from when they did the suitcase one. What was that, the, the five or the four or something? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's one interesting bit of Gentle Giant news. Ben, you've got a couple of news items for us. Yeah, there's a new Kotobukaya Hawkeye statue that's been uh, a couple of preview images are out and about, and uh, I actually I really like it. I, I quite like the pose. It's something that's a little bit different. It's um it's Mr. Barton just sort of uh, taking a bit of a pause with his bow lowered, and he's just sort of holding an arrow. Um, and it's got a bit of a detailed base with what's left of Ultron on the base. <laughs> um, I think ordinarily this would be something that I'd I'd really 
really be attracted to because the Kodobukai are doing some really nice Avengers statues. I quite like the Captain America they did with the, the swap-out portrait head. But yeah, I feel like if I, you know, if I get one, I'd be tempted to get others. And it, it, I saw these in, in the flesh, so to speak, at um, San Diego last year, and they're, they're kind of a scale of their own. Mm. So you, you couldn't just sort of go, mm, I like that Hawkeye better than Bowen Hawkeye, so I'll get that one and put it in my collection. Yeah. I had a few Kotobukiya statues, and we might have to go to the adjudicator on the pronunciation by the way, <laughs> um, but the yeah, I had I had a few Kotobukiya statues, and I have decided to sell them just because of that issue because they really they don't fit with Bowen, which is the majority of my collection, and some in particular like the Warpath that they put out recently, which is a great statue, is just huge. They're huge. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But, you know, having said that, their the quality of their statues just gets better and better. I saw recently their Magneto. And Archangel statues when I was up in Sydney at King's Comics, and you know that they were amazing, amazing, really b- beautiful paint jobs. Um, which maybe the paint wasn't great on some of their early statues, but it's looking pretty good now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I quite like it, but um, yeah, not for me. I'm I'm trying to sort of be consistent with just a couple of lines, and uh, this is certainly a pretty good tease. But uh, I might just have to pass for now. Yeah, and something else. Yeah, that, an interesting one I came across was a solicitation for a, a couple of Game of Thrones uh, items, which, uh, given sort of the, the talking point of the, the TV show, I thought they would have sort of fast-tracked a, a lot more merchandise by now. Hmm. We would have seen action figures and all that sort of thing. So it, it sort of leapt out at me. And uh, in particular, what they've done is a replica of the throne. The, of course, the, the famous Iron Throne, and uh, this is a—I mean, I couldn't tell you what scale it was. I think sort of to the top of the, the sort of highest swords, it's about 14 inches tall, um, and it—it certainly—it it looks pretty amazing. It looks like it's made of metal, and um, at least that's the way it's painted up. Uh, it's a limited edition of 500, and retails for 295 US. Um, but look, it looks great, but. It's kind of a pretty unique item. Um, it's not like it would sort of fit in with anything. I mean, I'm sure you could, you know, um, sit an action figure on the throne because uh, it's, it's not like you've got a it's not like you've got a Game of Thrones figure to put on the throne. So, um, and, and it's I, I don't think it's actually meant to be sort of an interactive piece. So it'd be fairly unique, but it, it's certainly very detailed. The, the sculpting work in it looks amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hope it's the start of uh, a lot more to come. Just chuck a Lord of the Rings Boromir on it. There you go. That's right. <laughs> That's it, at least season yeah. one cover. It could be something that right. appeals to people to, because it is so iconic. You know, yeah. If they you know, don't want to necessarily collect a line of stuff or they're not action figure collectors but you know want that because it's so instantly recognisable, it might you know, appeal to them. Yeah, sort of thing you could probably just put on your entertainment unit. Yeah. Yeah. Next to your HR Geiger collection. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it fits in with, doesn't it? It looks like um, something you'd do. <laughs> mm. Oh, cool. Thanks for that, Ben. I've got a couple of bits of news. Firstly, we've got another Avengers Hot Toys 
uh, being teased, and this is Loki. We we did see some pictures of a possible Thor Loki figure, and Hot Choice has now said that they're not going to make a Loki figure specific to his appearance in the Thor film. Um, we're getting his look from Avengers instead, which makes a lot of sense. Um, we've just got the tease at this point, but already it looks pretty amazing. Um, I'm actually rethinking my Hot Toys addiction because when I actually get them out and uh, pose them, I kind of I like them more in theory than I do actually like 12-inch articulated toys with cloth clothing. <laughs> Um, not being an accessories person, etc. I will definitely be getting this because I've got Thor and Odin, and you know, as a set. But this is one that will still drag me in, even though I've kind of decided not to try to be completist with them. Anyone else likely to go for this? Uh, not me. But when you mentioned that it's the Avengers Loki and not the Thor Loki, the first thing that came to mind is I'm not sure I could actually tell them apart. Yeah, I'm, I don't know that it is going to be dramatically different. I think that that they were what they're saying is they're not going to bring one out under the Thor oh, okay. label. They're bringing it out under the Avengers label. So um, yeah, he does yeah. have longer hair in the um, in that movie. That's probably the biggest you know, difference. I don't know. No, I suppose that's what happens when you don't have anyone. You don't have a barber shop. You know, in some black hole that you get sucked into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the conveniences in the black hole just aren't what they used to be. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, look, I, I think they're amazing. They're fantastic. I'd love to have them all, but, uh, you know, realistically, um, gosh, uh, I think, you know, I'd be curious to see how far Hot Toys collectors actually go with this. I mean, there are a lot of dedicated people out there, but to pick up more than half a dozen figures, um, that's pretty committed. It is. Yeah, mm. and, and pretty either wealthy or prepared to go into a lot of debt. So, Scott, when you're saying you're um, sort of rethinking the articulated cloth-covered 12-inch figures, is it, is it just because you basically set and forget them mostly? It or? is, you know, and I think that, you know, I am I am a statue guy and I think that I'm not, you know, someone that's going to come along and repose them a lot. I'm not someone that is going to make use of all the fantastic accessories that are there and they're really pricey and so it is that you know, thing of not thinking I'm going to sell what I've got or, um, but yeah, just that when I, when I do unbox them and review them, like I've done my Michael Keaton, you know, Hot Toys Batman one and the end I'm a bit like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I can, I appreciate all the, the artistry behind it, but I just don't know if it's really for me as much as a statue is for me. And so, you know, when they're about the same price, if I have to choose between, one of those or another Bowen piece to, you know, build my Bowen collection, I'm probably going to choose the Bowen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, you know, if you, if you know me and what I'm on about, it's not, articulation is not the big deal for me. Accessories is not the big deal for me. So, you know, for, but for other people, that's what makes Hot Toys their thing. Yeah. My other bit of news, um, last week, in the new se- uh, in my feeding and addiction section, I talked about getting a couple of Eagle Moss led uh, figurines, one from the DC line and one from the Marvel line. And pretty much as soon as we put that to air, Eagle Moss announced that they're cancelling both of those lines. <laughs> so, if you have any other lines that you would really like cancelled, please let me know, and I'll be happy to buy a couple uh, for you. So the 
Both of these lines have been kept alive by some pretty fierce letter writing campaigns for quite a while now. Um, they've been saying, look, we're not quite sure how much longer we can keep this going. And fans have been able to get a couple of extensions out of them. But the Marvel line is finally going to finish with issue number 200, which is certainly a significant run. Um, and the DC line is going to finish with 120. So sad news for collectors of Eagle Moss. But still, 200 figures, if you're a Marvel fan, you, you don't have a lot to complain about. I mean, you're getting down into, you know, D-list characters there. That's right. Yeah. i tell you what you're getting. You're getting lead poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> you got that many of them. I reckon you're in trouble. <laughs> it depends on the lead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there will, there's warnings on them, though, not to handle them too much. There is, actually. But is it... Actually, lead, lead. Because I mean, don't um. No, it's lead. Oh. Yeah, What's it's lead. What's its face? The oh, Games Workshop used what do they call white lead or something, and they reckon it's perfectly safe to handle. There is yeah. actually the the Eagle Moss ones do come with a little lead well, warning. Okay, I've never read that part, so. No. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll, we'll, him, we'll eh? miss you, Adam. We'll miss you. <laughs> Letting the cat lick them. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I thought that find, just... Yeah, I think you'll find they contain lead because they they use that to get that really really fine detail. But I suspect the largest proportion will probably be tin. Yeah, they're they're pretty heavy. Yeah. yeah. Who let the alchemist in? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was a bit of an ironic news item, considering that we talked about them for the very first time last week. So, <laughs> if there's any other lines that we wish ill, we should probably mention them on the podcast. Um, See what happens when we try to be diverse in the news. And... I know. I know. <laughs> Who did we mention for the first time? We probably just killed General Giant. Sorry. Yeah. And whoever... I think we're going to kill the next thing that I'm going to talk about. Yeah, what's that, what's that Eli? What's, what's your bit of news? <laughs> so the um, we've talked about this before, the new, we've sort of called it a generic uh, Batman figure line. Um, from Mattel. Uh, I think it's from Mattel, yeah. And it's, I'm not even, what's it called? It's just called Batman. I don't think it's actually got a, an official name other than that. Yeah. Um, there, and so there's a preview and a pack shot of um, uh, the Batman Power Attack Strike Shield Robin. <laughs> uh, scale wise, these things sort of sit uh, maybe sort of between, you know, Young Justice and, and uh, DCUC. It's kind of a bit more than four inch, but not quite. Sort of maybe, yeah, verging on five inch. They've got. Um, not a lot of articulation. Uh, they've got exaggerated forearms and lower legs, um, you know, stylized, highly stylized, which is fine. I just don't know what it's based on other than, to be honest, to me it looks like it's uh, something, like it's it's going back a few years. It's like they've reverted to something over five years ago. Yeah. We, we, saw, we still see some of these toys in places like Hobby Co where they just, they just never go. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Cloth cape. I've seen you know, these everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's almost the like the zipline Batman stuff is probably kind of similar to that, but over stylized. Yeah, I don't know. it's got a more anime styling sort of feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah, but yeah. I, I really actually can't see mums and dads 
buying these too much. I, I don't know. There's just there's not enough fun about them, other than the colours. There's not enough articulation for them to be that much fun. I'm sure they'll sell some, but yeah, mum, just... mums and dads don't care about articulation though. But I mean, but I I don't know these days how many mums and dads are actually buying Batman toys. Yeah, know? I don't know either. Yeah. Well, maybe one day quite we'll, we'll uncover the, the you know the facts and figures about what sells and what doesn't, but yeah. we do have to speculate yeah. a lot. I just suspect they were cheap. Like I just I, I imagine that there there wasn't a lot of uh, money put into this in any way, shape, or form. Whether it was sculpting or, I mean, you even look at the artwork on the back of the card. And no offense to the artist, but it's you know um, it's hardly Steve McNiven. Um, <laughs> in fact, yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, they got a, they got a new stable of you know cheap artists. Do you think they could have given it to one of their the DC guys? Well, mm. it it's not for us, is it? No, nah. it's it's not for us. So, I guess we're just not the target audience. One for the sandpit. Mm. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I, I think that's a good note to end on, really. <laughs> yeah, but but we still haven't seen anything um, more about the beware the Batman. Uh, series, have we? So we don't know if anything's going to come out of that. No. No. No idea. I mean, I, I can't believe these figures don't even have... It doesn't look like they even have knee articulation. Nah, they don't. Gosh, that's that's cheap. I think, I, I, to me, this just feels like a um, uh, keeping the brand alive until the next thing comes out. Mm, making sure there's something just, Batman on the shelves. Yeah, yeah. Just having that visibility until they they come out with their next sort of you know, major series. Yeah. Surely yeah. there's going to be movie figures in a few months, though. There are. Yeah. Well, there but, are, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, but this yeah this was said from the beginning. This is not a collector line. This is a kids line. So you know, yeah, we have to critique it. Accordingly, maybe they're pla- maybe they're thinking there'll be the scenario that you know, mum and dad and the kids will be in in the supermarket when the movie's going on. He'll be like, "Cool, look at the Batman figures," and they go, "Yeah, what about those <laughs> nice, friendly, colourful ones next to it? You can have one of those." Yeah, that's right. Mm. <laughs> Seems a shame when you know you put them alongside Young Justice or Brave and the Bold figures, and they're really not that different. Seems a shame to not just try and breathe a little bit more life into one of those lines as opposed to pull out something new but i guess you know a lot of it is based on retailer feedback where they just don't want the supporting characters they want batman so mm. that's what he's yeah. there for and well. that's that's all we have to say and Can i just that, point out yeah. one more thing what yeah. the hell is going on with his fringe i've had some crazy <laughs> hairstyles in my time but i've never once painted a red seven on part of my fringe <laughs> That's just because you're not adventurous enough, Adam. You're just getting too old, Adam. You're just not hip with the crowd anymore. Conservative. Apparently, yeah. Oh, I don't know. From what I've heard, Adam's pretty adventurous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, we will leave you to ponder what that means as we move on and wrap up the articulated news. We're going to be right back with the next answer and clue in Name That. Ah, Traveler, welcome to the promenade. Humble Quark at your service. Behold, Star Trek Deep Space Nine action figures. Commander Benjamin Sisko, he helps me run the station. And Security Chief Odo, very strict and sneaky for someone so honest. Here's Lieutenant Dax, and Chief O'Brien, and Major Kira Nerys. I happen to know she's crazy about me. Wonderful, aren't they? Especially this one. So handsome. Pains me to part with it, but if you pay me now, ah, security, what a pleasant surprise. 
Well, last week we introduced a new segment on the podcast, which is Name That, which is a game that's run by our friend John, who's also known as Engineer Nerd, from the website tvandfilmtoys.com. We had our first clue last week, and just before John gives us the answer to that, guys, do you have any idea what that was? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... No. Yeah, I, we, just so you know, we we have no idea, um, uh, no, no insider knowledge as to what this was, and that was a challenging one. We do have a a thread on the AFB forum if you want to go and have a guess um, at this new clue or to look and see what the answer was if you missed the episode. Um, but we are in the dark as you are until John gives the big reveal. So for that answer and for a new clue, let's hand over to John. Hello, this is Engineer Nerd, and I'm back again with another installment of the audio version of Name That. This week is number two, so we're gonna, first we're going to play the sound from last week. Descend. Fire laser guns. Now we're going to tell you the answer. That is a Milton Bradley Starbird from the late 70s. It's one of those toys that I never had myself and always wished I had. I knew a guy that had one, and it was just pretty cool for the time. So... With that being last week's, let's take a listen to this week's sound. She drinks the water when we pump her tail. And we'll play it again. She drinks the water when we pump her tail. All right, as always, you can go over to the Action Figure Blues forum and make your guesses there. Um, be sure to stop and visit me at tvandfilmtoys.com or follow me on Twitter at EngineerNerd. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Peace out. Now it's time for Toy of the Week. Each episode we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases or we might talk about favorite or bizarre items from our collection. This week we have another set of rapid fire reviews on a theme and this week's rapid fire review theme is TV toys. And Ben, I believe that we are starting with you. Now just remember you get five minutes and I'm starting the clock. Well, thank you, Scott. Um, I'm going to be talking about an Astro Boy figure, or Tetsuon Atom, as he's known in his native Japan. There was a bit of a resurgence of Astro Boy a few years ago, not just for the animated film, but um, a little uh, back in about 2004, 2005. And at that time, they released a series uh, of just sort of regular scaled sort of six-inch type figures, um, and they were released by Bandai. And I remember looking at them and thinking, you know, I just want one nice Astro Boy figure. It doesn't have to be any kind of crazy variant. I just, I just want one nice one that I can pose, etc. And as I was looking on the shelf, I came across what could only be described as a deluxe Astro Boy um, he, He's quite large. He's built uh, at 11 inches, which is about sort of 28 sort of centimetres. 
and uh, he's fully interactive, electronic. Uh, he has bits that open, and he was just amazing. But he also had the price to go with him. Um, the dollar wasn't particularly healthy at the time, and I just remember looking at the figure and thinking, you know, this is perfect, but it's just a little too expensive. It's just more than I want to pay. And I, not long after that, actually got married and my lovely wife suggested that we go to Hong Kong for our honeymoon. And I can remember walking into a Toys R Us in uh, Ocean, I think it's Ocean Harbour. And Toys R Us in Hong Kong is not that much different to Toys R Us anywhere else, except they have this huge area devoted to Gundam. Does that mean that they have, are understaffed, have people with no toy knowledge and only one person on a checkout, even though they have 300 checkouts? Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay. It really was no different. And cool. it's even set up the same way. Like The figures are in the same aisles. And But I, sure enough, I came across the Astro Boy stuff and there was the uh this this 11 inch astro boy figure the only difference was the packaging for the for the figure was slightly different it's, it's the japanese packaging so it doesn't have the bandai label um and it has the, you know exactly the same graphics and that sort of thing but it's got the obviously you've got the japanese writing and i took it up to the scanner and i scanned it and it came back as being 90 hong kong dollars and a quick calculation came back and that said it was 15 australian dollars and i thought you've got to be kidding that's um i think when it was here in australia it was about 75 australian so i thought that's just an absolute steal so i bought him and brought him back to australia um and <laughs> consequently uh the figure is actually worth a great deal of money but the best thing about this figure is the just the, the sheer amount of stuff they've packed into it. Um, as I said, he's he's fully electronic, so he's got these little buttons on his his green belt, and not only does that activate just your usual sort of sounds and, and sound effects and things like, that, but for those who actually remember the the second Astro Boy series or the Color series, um, he there's an opening sequence where you see him using his powers and he has searchlight eyes and. Um, you know, they basically work pretty much like the headlights on a car. And so if you press the button, his, his eyes actually light up and he projects light. And um, he's just got – there's so much cool stuff about this figure. Like his, his chest actually opens up to reveal his, you know, 2.1 million horsepower sort of you know, <laughs> engine or heart, so to speak. And uh, that all lights up when you press the buttons. And um, his left arm actually – sort of looks sort of fairly normal for Astro Boy, but you can actually press a button and it opens up and reveals a cannon and his, his fist shoots out and he's actually got a button on the back of his uh, legs and when you press it, um, the jets shoot out the bottom of his feet so you can actually sort of have him posed as if he's flying. Wow. Um, and also, yeah, you can open up. There's sort of the, the red boots that he, traditional red boots that he wears. You can actually open those up and it reveals all the circuitry uh, inside. They've just, you know, they've packed so much into this figure. And considering how much it cost at the time, um, it really was quite amazing. But one of the things that actually seconds. has, which is one thing which is quite novel, I think, his right hand actually flips open and reveals a type of scanner. And included in the packaging are these, I think there's about four of these barcode cards. And when you run the card through the scanner, it makes additional sounds. And, um, you know, 
activates different sounds. And, I mean, this figure just packs in so much. But the best thing about it is when you close everything up, he just looks like Astro Boy. Time. There's nothing unusual. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I was hoping you were going to play some sounds for us. Um, I can try. Yeah, play us a sound. We'll get yeah. an extra time. <laughs> you can't see it, but his left his left arm is bright red at the moment as it lights up. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. It's funny. I'm actually yeah. um, I'm actually reading a, a manga series, the only manga thing I've ever read called Pluto, um, and it's by um, it's based on the the Adam the Adam story. It's like a reimagining of of um, that whole thing, and it's it's linked back to you know the Tezuka story and stuff like it's it's authorized and all that so it's i'm sort of getting right back into the idea of you know Ad, uh, astro boy and the atom and all that 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 is yeah, cool. yeah. Mm. very cool all right well, yes yeah, fun figure well done ben now adam you've done two episodes and we've made you do two rapid fire reviews so <laughs> you got you got to work if you want to be on this show and uh you have got a new one starting now so this week I've picked one of my all-time favourite characters of just about any show ever, which is Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. I've gone for my um, recently acquired SSH Figuarts line one. So he's super articulated, he's super poseable, he's got three faces that you can pull off and swap, which I thought was just freaky as hell. Um, <laughs> He's got three different sets of hands, so he's got, you know, a set of fists, he's got a set of open palms with his fingers splayed for doing um, special attack kind of moves, and he's got another one where he's got his uh, fingers extended and his thumb across so he can do his big bang attack. Um, yeah, he's really good. The thing that I didn't like about it that, that I thought was a real letdown was that they didn't give a flight stand. And I kind of thought, well, you've got a guy who spends a large portion of the show flying around and there's no flight stand, but we've got three faces. Huh. <laughs> so, I mean, I've used one of my other flight stands, but, you know, it's just weird, just weird choices. Um, but yeah. And the other thing that I'll say about him is another thing that he does a lot of is stand around with his arms crossed, and that one has proved very, very difficult to try and get to happen properly and particularly with the hands that you're given he kind of has these weird you know mincy little things that he does or it looks like he's trying to jazz hands or (laughs) so he doesn't come with surly hands then no none are really surly i mean he's clenched fist you know i mean that's that's all he's really got they've got a picture on the back of him you know doing his clenched up powering up looks like he's the most constipated man on earth pose but that's about it i was going to say clenched up powering up sounds wrong (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I don't want that superpower. <laughs> With extra clenched up okay, powering. Right. <laughs> do, do go on. We're, we're interrupting your five minutes. Go, go. Um, but, yeah, so I think um, it's a really good figure. It's definitely the most expensive one of my vast collection of 13 figures of Vegeta. Um, and it's also one of those things where every now and then I go, oh, should we go and look for another Vegeta figure? Okay. Ah. Yeah, why not? I haven't bought one for a year or so. <laughs> and that's pretty much how I found this one, and I'm quite happy with it. Well, that's that's cool. That's And that's time. Very good. Very nice. Very nice. Very well done. 
That's. Uh, I have to say that's not a. I know. I know that character in terms of his look, but I did not actually know what his name was until just now. So, you have you've educated me. <laughs> you've, you've you've given something. So your your mission here is is done. Well done. <laughs> and finally, Eli, you have our last rapid fire review. Just wait. I've got to set my little stopwatchy thing, and your time starts now. Yeah, uh, something similar to, to Ben and the Astro Boy. I'm actually uh, talking about the proto-Batbot from uh, the Batman Brave and the Bold uh, line. Um, this is a figure that actually, um, well, the character actually um, appeared in uh, Season 2 of the Batman Brave and the Bold cartoon series. And... Um, was uh, basically a project of Batman's and, just for a little bit of trivia, was voiced by Adam West. Oh, yes. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, so this figure's um I, I I knew it was coming out. It was it, it was teased at um, San Diego or New York Toy Fair or something like that. But it never really hit retail properly from what I can understand. But one of the guys on uh, one of the other forums on, on Critical Mess um, stumbled across um, them for sale at Target in the US for like six bucks. Oh, and nice. um, oh. a few people didn't even know what it was still. And I said, well, I'll have one of those. I don't care what it costs to post. That's obviously going to be a deal. <laughs> and <laughs> I think, I think postage was about 24 bucks. And uh, so for 30 bucks, I've got uh, this awesome figure. It's, it's you know, it's quiche. It's atomic. It's, it's, it's great. It's, um, <laughs> and, I, and I will try and play some sounds that it does as well. Awesome. It's yeah, the sound it's, podcast. Love it. Uh, It's about 12 inch, so 30 centimetres tall. Um, The Batman Brave and the Bold figures were about four, four and a half, five inches tall, I think. So it's it's more than double the size of the standard figures. Um, it hasn't got a lot of articulation, um, but it's um, the arms can actually span out to about uh, 50 centimetres or 20 inch. Um, and it does a couple of really cool things. So its chest pops open, and it can, and it's got this cannon inside his chest that spins around, and then can actually shoot out, I think it's uh, six um, plastic sort of uh, missiles, old school, old school sort of plastic missile shooting stuff. Cool. Um, and it, it does come with some sound effects as well. If you just bear with me, I will try and get those to turn on. It's <laughs> bloody loud. Yay, sounds. And it, um, it, it, it's probably not going to do much other than the sounds that uh, Ben was doing before either, but we'll give it a go. <laughs> and... Yeah. <laughs> 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 that is fun. That's fun. Uh, it's a, it's an awesome figure, and um, uh, I I actually did give it to my son. And um, despite the fact that he doesn't really care for action figures as much as he he did, this thing has actually been standing on his um his bedside table for however long we've had it over a year now. It, it's a great one, and it amuses the the younger daughter and the dog as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's good value alone. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, it never really. It didn't really hit retail as much as I would have thought, because um, it's just one of those classic figures that kids have got to love. It's it makes sounds, it shoots stuff, and it it looks cool. Um, I just had a quick look on eBay and couldn't find much out there. The only one I did see was in the states was about fifty bucks. 
Hmm. Um, I think it's probably pretty hard to come by because I can't see many people getting rid of. But it's yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely one of those really cool things like the Astro Boy or you know one of my holy grails, um, the Iron Giant. You know, it's one of those things that you'd be you, you wouldn't let go. I don't think. No, I, I was really keen for one of these, but by the time I think the opportunity came around to get them, we knew that this line was, you know, was gone, and it seemed like oh, should I spend the money? Although if I'd been able to get mm. one for six bucks, I sure would have had one. Yeah, I, I think it stands on its own. We don't have it, you know, standing with any of the other figures. I think we put the red tornado next to it at some stage. It's like, yeah, get rid of him. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, he, just, he stands on his own. His hands are sturdy enough that you can actually put stuff in there and prop him up. Like my son puts his, he, you know, his iPod headphones hanging off them and, and things like that. You know? <laughs> if, if only he had a, a desk lamp built into him as well, he'd be perfect. How sturdy, <laughs> how sturdy is he? He's really sturdy, like because he, he's got a low center of um, uh, uh, balance mm. uh, because he's got short legs, and there's not there's barely any articulation in the legs, so it's really it is sturdy. There is some, but um, you don't really need to. Yeah, but he's good. He doesn't topple at all. He's got um, splayed feet as well, sort of like chicken feet splayed. He's not he's not going anywhere without a without a deliberate push. Awesome. Well, that is time. Well done. Nice range of toys tonight, all on the TV theme, but all quite different in their own way, although we love the sounds. We, <laughs> we love the sounds. Well, well done. That wraps up our rapid-fire review toy of the week. When we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections. Now you can have your own special Captain Planet adventure with your favorite planeteers. There's Wheeler, who has the power of fire and the daring Linka with the power of wind. You can even use the Planeteer's eco-cycle. And your own power rings will let you call Captain Planet. Bring him to the rescue and save the Earth. Captain Planet and the Planeteers, now available at Kmart. We're all here because we collect, so feeding the addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made since the last episode. And Adam, you're up first. What you got this week? So this week, um, after my disappointment last week with a whole bunch of different Lego things, particularly with not being able to find any of the god-awful Avengers ones with Mongoloid Iron Man, um, (laughs) I went out to the local Lego store, which is naturally Lego branded, but next best thing, and had a bit of a nose to see what they had and found they did actually have all the Avengers toys or Avengers Lego toys. And they also had um, the other Marvel superheroes set that's been released so far, which is Deadpool, Magneto, Wolverine, and a Deadpool chopper. Um, so the chopper's kind of cool. It's got missile things that you put together and push to shoot out of the things that they're in with a warning in the book about not throwing balls into people's eyes. Um, <laughs> Wolverine's got a little motorcycle that he rides around on. Um, he's got little claw attachments that he holds in his hands, so they're not actually built into his hands, which was kind of cool, I thought. Um, and along with that, you get, like, a little comic book about heroes doing stuff. Um, but the most exciting part, I think, is that there's another set that's due to come out sometime soon, which is Ultimate Spider-Man, which is not really Ultimate Spider-Man, but it's got Spider-Man, Doc Ock, and... Iron Fist. Ooh. So I'm looking forward to that. 
I can't believe just how much we just geeked out. We all just went, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny about this, though, is this Deadpool in this um, in this set and, and Wolverine, I guess. But when you were talking about, is it Kusu, the, um, the, the, where they submit um, Lego yep. um, builds? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was actually interesting. I looked at that with my boy and we were like, you know, whoa, cool. You know, one Darth Vader and 99 Stormtroopers. Storm That's going to get up. That's great. <laughs> yeah, but, but why uh, they? They already said they're not going to release it. Really? Yeah. Um, if you look at the comment on it, I think they've said costs of producing minifigs is massively higher than costs of anything else. So the cost of that would be, you know, several hundred bucks just for a bucket full of dudes. Oh, oh, Where's the official comment? Um, and probably probably with uh, the 30% Lucas markup on it as well. Well, true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so because it's a figure-licensed Star Wars... Uh, will not be possible to release a set consisting solely of minifigures, blah, blah, blah. Also, a collection of 100 minifigures would be quite expensive and limits the set's market potential. We think it's best to focus on smaller collections of figs. Yeah, well, you're wrong. You're wrong, there. <laughs> See, that would be uh, the kind of thing that would be great to do as like a sideshow exclusive or something. Yeah. Cause yeah, because you're right. You know, someone out at Toys R Us is not going to necessarily want to fork out for that, but I, there would definitely be Star Wars fans that would buy it from sideshow. I can understand maybe them thinking, well, if we did that, people are actually going to see how much we're ripping them off uh, minifigures because <laughs> kids buy these sets just because they've got minifigures in them. They, you know, they collect the minifigures mm. and it actually works out cheaper to buy the set with a minifigure in, in it and have all the extra Lego than it does to buy the, the minifigures individually. It's a pretty yeah. crazy market. The, the one I thought was more impressive that was Star Wars on Kusu was the massive Sandwalker crawl thing. Yeah. That thing was epic. So, Adam, any other acquisitions for you this week? Uh, I've got another Lego set for, set for the wife, but that was just ambulance, and I haven't played around with that one yet. It's <laughs> not mine, so I don't have permission to open it and put it together. Oh, fair enough. It is not okay to open someone else's toys without See permission. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks for that, Adam. Ben, what about you? I've got one that I actually picked up a few weeks ago, but the poor fella's actually been trumped by a, a few other bits and pieces by, by Bowen and Hot Toys, but I actually got the gentle giant Thorfrog minibust uh, through our good friend Mike S. Um, not normally the sort of thing that I, I'd go for, but uh, I was lucky enough to get one of the gentle giant squirrel pools. Um, that was a San Diego exclusive, and it was quite a sort of fun little statue, pretty goofy, and uh, Thor Frog has had a bit of a resurgence in the Pet Avengers miniseries, and I just sort of looked at it and, and got, you know, a pretty fond story of back when Walt Simonson did it in the comic, and, uh, yeah, decided to get one, and I, I like it a lot more than the Bowen one they did. So, um, yeah, he fits in nicely with Squirrel Pool, and now I'm just hoping that they'll um, do a couple more of the Pet Avengers. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Good, good to add to the bizarre bust collection. That's right. <laughs> Other than my own. That's right. And speaking of bizarre busts, Eli. Wait, <laughs> I, I just, it just felt like a segue. I'm not trying to say anything yeah. about your bust. Uh, but, but acquisitions. Yeah, I got wood. <laughs> 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 oh, 
<laughs> uh, my, okay. So, yeah, as you know, I've been on the road a bit and work's been pretty full on the last few weeks. That's why you haven't heard much from me. But uh, I was able to, you know, being at home a little bit, I was able to um, pick up some of my uh, custom comic binding projects and today I actually went to the hardware store and bought some wood for a new uh, press and things like that. So that was pretty cool, exciting. Wow. Walking through cool. the timber aisles and, yeah. Yeah. And then walking out with, you know, 25 bucks worth of wood and, and, you know, they're going, great, thanks, mate. Thanks for your time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the projects I actually did finish um, was, uh, I guess we can call it either Absolute Blue Beetle or my Blue Beetle Omnibus. And Justin's not on tonight, but he's going to be a little bit jealous, I reckon, Ooh. when he sees this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it collects the, the entire Len Wein um, Blue Beetle Ted Cord series from uh, 1986 plus the, the Secret Origins episode yeah, I think issue, sorry. Actually, Justin couldn't be with us tonight because he's on the way to your house right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was just to kick your ass for buying all those Defenders back issues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, even though I, I was not to blame at all, I, I actually sent him a link for um, a, a big lot of Defenders issues that he's, that he's got on his watch list now. So awesome. hopefully any harm that I never actually did has been undone. Now, <laughs> however, once he sees this, he might. Yeah. If people aren't familiar, um, Eli has got an amazing talent at doing these custom binding projects, and he's actually uh, done a step-by-step -step breakdown of one of these projects at the AFB blog. So we might try and repost that link for people to have a look at because if you're not quite sure what he's talking about, it will explain it in detail and he has got quite a talent. They look awesome and these Blue Beetle ones look like a, a step up again in terms of your binding, so well done. Thanks, mate. Beautiful cover. Mm, indeed. Yeah. All right. Is that all for you, Eli? Yeah, that's it. Okay, and for myself, mine's a bit different this week because they're both – Customy type things. I've had an ongoing project with a customizer called Dr. Terrific, who um, is a member of the AFB forum, and but mainly hangs around at Critical Mess. And he has been working on a set of Bronze Age Legion of Superhero customs for me for quite some time now. And I think we are up to about the 20th figure. He does them in sets of four, and I got a new set last week, which is Karate Kid, Princess Projectra, Shadow Lass, and Dream Girl. So they've been done in the order of joining. I'll have photos for you on the Enhanced Podcast so that you can have a look. And just like all the rest that he's done for me, they are fantastic. So that was really exciting. He's been busy, and um, this is the, the first lot that I've had this year, so it was great to add them to the shelf. And uh, they're actually the only action figures that are on display in my collection now because the rest of it's all statues. Oh, yeah, so cool. I've got all statues. How, how, how many more are you actually expecting to give my lack of knowledge of the Legion? Well, we're doing them in order of joining in Bronze Age and going up to the second Invisible Kid. So that we're, pro we're getting close to the end now. There's probably about six or so more to go. Um, okay. So, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a, around 25 all up. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, so, and then, and then we'll we'll talk in the end. It's you know he, he's got a full time job and it's a hobby for him, so he just does it when he can. So it's a, a slow burn thing, but well well worth it. And um, we'll talk about what, how far we actually get to at the end. It's a bit of a play by ear thing. 
Um, so pretty, pretty exciting to have them. And I also have been reporting on and off about the statue commission that I've been working on with Kuram Alavi, who is working on a Captain Marvel 2 slash Photon slash Monica Rambo statue for me. And I've now signed off on the final posing of Ooh. all of that and got the digital file ready to go. And um, it's going to be on the way shortly to someone who will do the printing and painting. Nice. Yes, so that is very exciting. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, so I've been keeping a thread on that at the AFB forum, and I'll post the latest, um, the final pose there. I might have done that already, actually. Um, but, yeah, we've, we've signed off on that. Oh, we signed off on the base, too. That's one thing I haven't posted there. So, um, yeah, so that's very exciting to kind of see that coming together. And so are you getting that printed here or in the in the States? Uh, I don't. I no, not here, and I'm not. I think the guy's actually in Singapore. Mm. Um, so because Kurum is in Pakistan, and mm -hmm. so he has sent me the information about the person that he would recommend, and I it was interesting because I had just seen that guy's work on a forum recently, and so you know I'm quite happy for him to have a to, to do the painting for me as well, but I don't know price yet, so that might put a pause on it. <laughs> because we've got to kind of space this out so that may not happen right away, but mm. it will happen. And with that, that wraps Thanks. up our Feeding the Addiction. Did you, were you saying something, Ben? Or? No, no, I think it's pretty cool. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it's starting to get real. Okay, well, it's time now to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this, bizarro world? Red Carded is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or worse. And I think that today's comes in the worst category, and I'm handing over to Eli to hand out the penalty. Yeah, so on, uh, on my, uh, my eBay trails, um, looking around at um, eBay for some reason. Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I was just having a wonder in categories I don't spend as much time in and, and uh, you know, I was looking for, um, see if there was any DC Direct 13-inch figures. You know, there's occasionally the, the stray cheap one around. I actually picked up uh, the Flash one for 20 bucks. So, you know, I'm always oh. always hopeful. Very nice. I think it was actually more like 99 cents plus $20 postage, if I remember <laughs> <Yeah>. correctly. <laughs> I love those auctions when they're not mine. Oh, I felt sorry for the guy. Um, but I stumbled across a Justice League DC Direct 13-inch figure set. Um, and I looked at the price and it's $2,000. And I'm going... Oh, what a steal. <laughs> a set of what? I hope you got three. I, I, I just couldn't work out what it was. I, th I thought it was, you know, well, for that much money, it must be like all the 13-inch figures that DC Direct release. But but it wasn't. It was just the the seven, you know, the big seven of Justice League um, 
if if so that's Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern, Superman, Batman, Flash and Wonder Woman. So seven of those figures, which retail for what? Um, between seventy five and hundred and twenty five yeah. a piece. And I reckon that works out to maybe seven hundred bucks if we're talking retail. Yeah. I don't think any of them, uh, other than maybe, you know, Superman and Batman have gone up in value since they are released significantly. Uh, I mean, the first, the Green Lantern, which was the first 13 inch figure, that one can be, you know, go for a bit, but I mean, nothing like, nothing like this. Yeah, this would be saying like 250, 300 bucks a piece. Yeah. yeah, sorry, but if that was me, I'd be asking for a $1,500 discount for making me take Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I had collected all these in in my big consolidation of my collection in the Christmas holidays. I sold all of my 13-inch figures except for Aquaman, of course. And of all of them, the one that I got the most for was Wonder Woman. No way. Yeah, I got over $100 for maybe five or six of them. Um, but the one that went for the most of all of them was Wonder Woman. Yeah, it would have been from a Wonder Woman collector, I reckon. Uh, for sure, for sure. Mm. Um, and, and the Silver Age Batman, Silver Age Robin, you know, those did quite well for me. Um, but I definitely did not make two grand of seven figures. Mm. Um, so... And now, so, I, I, looking I'm, at the listing, I wonder if the um, bizarre picture of Al Pacino above this guy's mantle that um, he's so creatively photographed all these figures in front of is included. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was the the real draw card, you know, and we just yeah. didn't see it. I don't know, but uh, I did notice it ended. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if he if he thought, mm, hang on, that's that's not going to actually happen, or somebody said you're taking the piss, mate. I think these might actually be very rare variants because he's listed them as the Jolstice League. Oh yeah, I just I just saw that. <gasps> oh, the Jolstice League. Oh, Jolstice League. why didn't you say so? That that's, changes that's, everything. It's the oh, Christmas theme Justice League. Oh, also, it's it's the Fullet set. <laughs> oh dear! This is yeah, the I know. Okay. Look, or DCC direct, and they're in immaculate condition. Oh, they are. They, they are immaculate. Maybe it's take a piss out of us. Damn it! Oh yeah, wow! Look, I mean, I, I have to stop uh, reading that because I feel like I'm going to lose the ability to communicate in the English language if I keep going. <laughs> It doesn't take much to just copy and paste your text into Word to, you know, Microsoft Word to do it, just a quick spelling check. I mean, I know it doesn't sort of add that much, but, yeah, yeah I don't know. Okay, well, yeah. hopefully um, that particular eBay seller isn't a faithful listener of the show, because if he was, he won't be after this. Um, but if you're listening, get a grip. <laughs> Anything else we want to say about that? No. Nah. Okay. It says it all. Well, look, coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. And now you can build your own King Kong with these challenging King Kong model kits. You need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. 
With the advent of online communities, we can now share our collecting hobbies with fellow collectors far and wide. Most of us like to show off our collections and new acquisitions, and as we all know, a picture says a thousand words, so many of us have had a go at taking some kind of photo of our new toys to share with others. Some people have very elaborate setups and processes, and some people just keep it plain and simple. This idea for our discussion topic came from our listener, Mary, who asked if we would consider covering it and made us think about what resources we could provide to the budding action figure photographer. None of us are experts in this area, although most of us have had a go at this from time to time, either for blogging or sharing on forums. As toy fans, we're all consumers of this type of media, and that means that we all have something to say on the topic. So guys, just to start with, when you're looking at action figure photos, what do you like? What appeals to you? What don't you like? I'll go first. Cool. <laughs> um, first of all, Mary bloody better be listening to this episode. <laughs> yeah, Mary, you, we did this just for you. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I like to see um, good good action shots. I, I really like seeing um, – so like we've talked about uh, our friend Raj. He does some great setups. Um, Sanjuro. Um, that's his name, isn't it? The, who's also posted on the forum. Yep. These are people from the Action Figure Blues forum we're talking about. Yep. Uh, he, he posts some great stuff, you know, really industrial settings and, you know, some uh, fantastic poses. I like that, that kind of stuff, but I also like some of the moody lighting type of stuff, you know, lots of shadows and, and dark and stuff like that. I don't really care about seeing, um, uh, figures in dioramas and, and props and things like that. It doesn't really, really bother me. Um, but yeah, I think that there's, there's a variety of different ways that, um, people can, you know, make their figures look fun and, 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 and interesting or, you know, just, um, using good photographic skills, I guess, you know, there's a whole bunch of techniques you can play with and they're, they're good little things to, um, to study, you mm. know. Adam, People what about who you? Stay still. Oh, sorry, sorry, Eli. <laughs> Adam, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much up for photos of almost whatever, but I like a good action shot. Um, I don't like it when it's too artificially posed, and I don't particularly care to see a whole lot of pictures of this is the toy in its box and in its package. Um, although sometimes I'm happy to see some of those, you know, people sharing what they're unboxing, but, you know, what's the point of showing me here's the thing in its packaging if I can go and see a million one shots of that anywhere else or go and see them, you know, on the pegs somewhere. But, um, yeah, dioramas is an interesting topic because at one stage I was actually looking at getting, uh, I won't say a doll's house, I would say <laughs> an Avengers Mansion slash Xavier Mansion for all the three and three quarter scale figures, but those things would cost like you know to get something big house. enough. Something something big enough would cost you kind of three four hundred bucks apparently, and I'm just kind of going, eh, yeah, what, how about no? That, that's about what a doll's house costs, isn't it? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> have you got a doll's house? Yeah, I'm just just wondering. Oh, wait, we actually. I certainly do have daughters. one in my house being the father of two girls, yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, how yes. convenient. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no, no. Dad, can I have my room back now? <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Ben? Um, are we just talking about what we yeah, just what, generally like and what, dislike? What like and dislike? Uh, yeah, I'll start with dislike because you know, I'm generally a pessimist. Um, we we had gonna... no idea. 
if you're going to take a photo of one of your figures, just try and move in a little bit and and frame the figure with just that little bit of space on either side because, you know, if, you, if you're going to take a shot from st- standing back, we really don't want to see the dirty dishes in the sink in the background and, <laughs> you know, things like that. It's, um, you know, move in, people, move in. <laughs> or, or better yet, really, just don't upload the blurry photo. Just leave that one out. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So I guess there's a fine balance between the amateur aspect of it and, you know, simple tips that you can use to, you know, to make it look good. I think that you you don't, we're going to talk in a moment about some of the gear and equipment that you can use if you want to go a bit more professional, but certainly you can do it very well without that. Um, And I've, I've seen some people who, take very basic photos but do it in front of a consistent you know background and therefore it it works because of that like for instance there's a a fellow on critical mess who used to do what he called his fish tank reviews and he photographed all of his uh toys in front of his fish tank which you might think was a bit unusual but it actually it, it worked and the the fish kind of became characters in the whole thing because it was like they were looking at the the, the the toys all the time um you know so it was a kind of something funny it wasn't professional in setup but it had a theme it was always consistent and you know that that can work for just photos to share with with your friends um but there's, there's also kind of care and thought put into that as opposed to you know as ben said just the stuff on the the dining room table with you know your all your crap on the other side of the table there in the back of the photo as well mm. Yeah, I, um, the only real photography I do is is when I want to sell something on eBay, really, um, uh, or if I'm taking pictures of custom figures that I put together. But um, I, I guess that's a, a style in itself where I'm trying to, um, you know, put the figures in, you know, in a pretty good light so that they look you know, in good condition, but trying to keep it pretty honest. You know, I don't want to mislead anybody to, if it's a, if it's an eBay listing, I don't want it to look what it's not. So the person gets it in their hands and they go, hang on a second, that photo looked, that photo has been touched up. Uh, but yeah. You want it to look good enough to look appealing amongst all the other figures on sales, you know. I, I tend to just go for, you know, a plain white background and make sure, you know, the white background is consistent and you know natural daylight usually works well and you know that's a that's a good place to start natural light if you don't have a a sophisticated setup because low light shots can be really hard to do true um and you know just just making sure that uh you yeah it looks sharp you know natural light is a good good way to get sharp pictures that you can then play around with later on if if you want to do now Ben, I know that you have a bit of a, a setup, um, and do you want to describe the gear that you use when you're taking your photos? Um, all right. Well, I'll, I won't go straight to the camera. I'll talk to the, about the setup instead. But I have what is essentially a light tent. Uh, it's a large cube made. It's a sort of a wire frame with a type of silk um, stretched over it, and it does fold up. But when it's expanded, it's about 90 centimetres or about sort of one yard square. And um, the the side that faces you when it's set up has a 
sort of like a Velcro door to it plus a zip in the middle. Now, the whole point to this cube is not only can you set up um, coloured backgrounds uh, for, for your photos, but the main point is that the when you use lights, no matter where you position the lights, the, the white silk actually um, acts as a diffuser and what happens is it eliminates shadows. And uh, for me, this is one of the number one things. Uh, if you use uh, just in your normal indoor lights or a lamp or something like that, it generally creates very, very strong shadows, which are, are really obvious. Um, the light is actually quite harsh. But with the light tent, uh, you, you, it eliminates the, the sharpness of the light and, of course, it eliminates shadows as well. And so if you use a light on either side of the light tent, uh, not only do you, you get sort of this, you flood the tent with light, but it's, um, it's soft light and shadowless, basically. And, I mean, you, you can make those yourself. Uh, there's a guy on Action Figure Blues named Eric's, and he's made his own. Um, but you can also buy these kits off of eBay, and I think sort of a, a starter set is under $100, and from there you can sort of spend a little bit more and you get a bigger light tent and you get sort of more powerful lights. Um, and I just think it's fantastic. I think it's a really good investment if you if you do want to take some decent photos. Mm. I I asked you first because I bought my first setup based on what you had and got that from eBay for for about that price. And I still use that light cube, but I have bought a a smaller one actually from I think it was from Ted's camera shop that it folds up into a smaller box and it, it won't do statues but it's great for figures for six inch figures and three and three quarter figures and I can put some different backgrounds in it and it's just a bit easier to set up if I'm not actually photographing statues um, but they are as you said they're, they're a great way of getting something nice and detailed and for you know for myself on the blog like I'm not I'm not a photographer it's not I don't think a great it's not my strength, but I want the things that I put up on the blog to be clear so that people can really tell what it is that I'm talking about and you know, I'm putting them up there so that other people can consider as well. And I do a photo gallery for every piece, particularly the statues where I want, you know, the different angles so people can see them and being able to make sure that I know I'm going to get a nice clear photo, eliminate the shadow, as you said. Um, and, you know, with a little bit of, um, tweaking in a simple photo editor, you can fiddle with the the saturation to you know get rid of any lines or or things around in a nice simple white background. So th those light cubes are definitely worthwhile. But as you said, you can definitely make one yourself pretty easily, can't you? You can. And uh, one thing I'll mention is if you do want to use just like a, a standard death lamp or something like that, you can actually diffuse the light by using that, uh, that wax baking paper uh, or tracing paper as it's often called. Um, you, you can sort of uh, use that um, to, to put on the sides of a, a makeshift cube or the other option is to take a piece of the baking paper and put it over the lamp and just sort of tape it there. Um, don't leave it there too long because your lamp will heat up and you don't want you know, a disaster. Um, but it, it actually does act as a, a diffuser as well for the light so, and it doesn't get much cheaper than that. Hmm. We put this question out to other people to see what you had to say 
And uh, I put this out to the Troy Bloggers United group on Facebook, which is a group of Troy Bloggers, funny enough. And quite a few people actually talked about just using some sort of, you know, plain color poster board. And I think, uh, for instance, Colin from Super Duper Toy Box said, I use a colored four-ply mat board atop my drawing table. The backing piece leaned up against my computer monitor. I used two lights, one behind the subject, one in front on opposing sides. And uh, Eli, you, I don't know if you know Super Duper Toy Box's photos, but mm. he's often got that kind of lighting, that moody sort of thing that you're talking about mm. he plays with that a bit cleverly yeah, yeah i mean a, a little bit of backlight's great if you if you're going to have a direction you know directional light it just sort of um puts some nice outlines on the back of the of, of the, the of the figure mm. it's not not something you sort of would really i guess get until you saw it work um saw it actually in action but that's that's a it's a good technique mm. um jason said from my reviews that use a plain color backdrop, it's just poster board. So that's another one. And also, if I take outdoor shots, I use a lens hood and never ever use flash. Yeah. Just speaking about the background, too, is uh, one of the things that uh, is very obvious in some photos is if you have something in your background that then um, at the base joins the the ground or, or whatever you, you know is your base um, you obviously get that line where the the two pieces meet on that perpendicular angle but mm. um, one of the things you can do is if you're using a large sheet of, of sort of um, cardboard just from your local art shop um, you you can run it uh, down the vertical and then onto the horizontal and if you create a curve um, where the two would normally meet um, it actually eliminates that that line, and so it looks like one solid background. I don't know if I've described that particularly well. Hmm. Um, another another blogger, Bryant from Three Bs, it's Toy Hive, uh, said my setup's very basic. I use a Sony CyberShot with some adjustments, and usually just use a solid colored towel or blanket as the backdrop. Nothing fancy, but it works. So yeah. there again, yeah, you don't pretty good. yeah, don't necessarily need to outlay any money except for a camera helps, obviously. Um, <laughs> the, but you know, there are there are different ways of getting it done. It's actually interesting though. The the, the camera thing is is debatable. Um, most of the shots I take these days are with the camera on my phone. Indeed, you know, I've, got, I've got a five megapixel camera, and mm-hmm. as long as I keep the um, the glass in front of the lens you know, in decent condition, then it does what I need it to as long as I hold it still. Mm-hmm. And my next phone that I get is actually um, hopefully going to, well, there's actually a new Sony coming out in a couple of months, which has got a like a 12 megapixel mm. camera on it. Actually, holding it still brings up an interesting point because if you're like me and you've had way too much caffeine to ever be able to hold something steady without you know, shaking, uh, a simple tripod is... You know, a really good investment, and you can get those very cheaply. Um, I actually use the Gorillapod tripod, the ones that are like made in little segments so that you can fold them in a lot of different yeah. ways, and which is handy, particularly if you are. Um, my, my setup is like on the dining room table, and so I don't have a lot of distance between myself and what's in the light cube, and being able to use the Gorillapod 
helps me to get some different angles and also um, just keeps the, the blurring issue because I don't have a, a super steady hand. And if I try and do it freehand, I end up with, you know, every fifth photo is, is blurred. So tripod's a very good investment. Yeah, a lot of the time it's it's not necessarily the the movement of of your hand. It's uh, it, it's kind of that, but it's also the speed of your shutter. Um, In my case, a, it's definitely the movement of the hand. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can imagine that if you've got a camera with a, a very slow shutter speed, um, and you know instead of being um, you know a hundredth of a second, if it's if it's sort of like a tenth of a second or a twentieth of a second. Um, every tiny piece of movement during that that elapsed time of when the shutter is closing um, will contribute to a blurry photo. So I think that's why. I mean, I've got a couple of different tripods um, like you have, Scott, and I just think they're they're crucial, um, and it just makes it so much easier too. Um, and just to be clear, when we're saying tripods, we're just we're not talking about you know a huge setup. You can get mini tripods for. You know, your your little handheld camera that just screw into the bottom. So uh, you you can probably get one for about ten bucks if you if you're on a budget. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a like a you know a pretty decent tripod that you know extends to about one point six meters. It's it's a sort of a fairly good one. But going right down, I've actually got actually only about um, eight inches high, and it's got the three flexible legs. Uh, and I think that cost me about. Three dollars at one of those sort of cheap knockoff shops. Mm. E- eBay is great for this kind of gear too, because you can often mm. find you know stuff fairly cheaply. Another thing that we touched on briefly were backgrounds, and often you know, if you're looking at a at a review, then a plain color background is probably you know best idea so that people can see what's happening. If you do want something a bit more interesting, you can create your own dioramas. You can buy Adam's dollhouse if you're you know, <laughs> interested. Um, but but the, there are people out there that do produce backgrounds as well. I use, with some of my six-inch figures, I've started using backgrounds from actionfiguredisplays.com. Now, if you check out their website, they're actually on hiatus at the moment. It's just a, a small business and um, they're taking a break, but they are coming back. But they they produce a, a, a quite a wide range of backgrounds that are, I think they were originally designed for three and three quarter figures, but they do work for six inch figures as well. And they have lots of different themes from space to medieval uh, to modern to crime and then geogra- ge- geometric patterns as well that really photograph beautifully and work particularly well if you do have trouble with light or lighting or shadows then if you can set these up um they can take away some of those issues so i've quite enjoyed using those on the blog in the last year or so for some of my figure reviews um and they're if if you're in the states then shipping's not a big issue for you and they're not super expensive shipping to australia is a little bit more dear um, but if you combine them, then you probably get a better shipping deal. So yeah, some, something to look at, and when they come back, definitely worth checking out. Um, what, what other background ideas are there? Um, for me personally, I prefer uh, just a generic background. Um, but, uh, I mean, 
using, I don't know whether you guys will probably remember, but when I posted my pictures of my custom figures for um, Fire Lord, and uh, I also did it with my Gladiator custom, um, what I actually did is I was thinking about a background just to sort of make them look a bit more dynamic. And so because these are cosmic characters, I just jumped on Google and typed in Cosmos and Galaxy and that sort of thing. And I actually downloaded a couple of images that just that, you know, had some stars and you know, planets and swirly things. Um, and then I actually printed them out on A3 paper. And using that effect that I mentioned where you, you sort of run the paper down behind the figure and then it sort of goes under their feet and giving that curved effect, um, you, you effectively have a, a final shot that looks like they're standing in space, basically. And so, you know, really for that kind of image, which doesn't have that three that sort of 3D effect, um, you can actually get some really impressive, uh, really impressive images. Hmm. So it's good because, you know, there's a... There's a range of options there if you don't have the money or don't want to spend money on it to still take some simple simple steps to be able to make it look good. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing that I think it's worth mentioning is if you do uh, want to have some ownership of your photos, having some sort of watermark is not a bad idea. One thing about the internet is that it's very easy for anybody to um, take those photos and, you know, it's quite okay really for people to repost them because you lose your rights to them in one sense once you put them up there but one thing that can be a bit frustrating and i have found that with action figure blues is that um sometimes the images get reposted but the credit isn't given to who actually created them so one way around that is to make sure you have some sort of watermark on it and there are a number of different watermarking uh software applications out there i use iWatermark. i'm on i'm a mac person and iWatermark actually integrates with iphoto and you can do it kind of very easily um anyone else out there use watermarks yeah i do um i just created one in photoshop and uh so i just i have that um sort of uh, how do you call it with the you know pin boarded so whenever i open photoshop it's sort of quick and easy from the menu and you just drag it onto your photo and and save it it's um quite quick and quite simple you can change the um the opaqueness mm. of it so it's not blatant and and uh, you know overwhelming the image you mm. sort of can fade it a little bit but it's usually just enough that if if somebody wanted to use your image they they would have to crop it quite significantly um to the point where i think that the image probably wouldn't be particularly usable hmm. Okay, well, I think we've covered some good bases there to give a start, not just in terms of what we like and don't like, but some basic ideas for where to begin if you are looking at getting set up. Any kind of last words, any do's or don'ts or things that you can think of? Um, I've certainly got a few. Um, one of the things that I do with a lot of the photos I take of my new items is uh, I use a... Can, an empty can, an empty soft drink can of Pepsi Max, which you know on the Action Figure Blues forum gets quite a few laughs, but uh, I tend to use that over and over again with a lot of my images just to give the um, uh, understanding of scale with the figure, if, particularly if it's an unusual item and people are wondering how big it is, then using that sort of universal size soft drink can quickly puts it in perspective. Okay. 
Any other do's or don'ts, Eli or Adam? Don't use a flash near reflective, refractive surfaces like glass and plastic and uh, see-through plastic. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep. you know, that's the one I always do, so I take my own advice. Yeah, <laughs> kids will go far. If you don't have a, a little um, tent thing, what do we call them? They're not called tents, are they? The light tent. Or light, light tube. Tent. If, yeah. if you don't have a light tent or light cube, you know, really do everything you can to avoid having to use flash, which generally means um, daylight. Yeah, and I think the flash too, um, the, the problem you get with the flash is it's it's so harsh that any shadowing that would normally appear in, in the grooves or the recesses of a, of a figure or a statue um, actually eliminated by the flash because nothing can hide. And so you, you really do lose a lot of the detail um, uh, of the subject if you use the flash. So it's really worth trying to get that extra light, whether it be, you know, just a lamp or, or from the nearby window or something like that. Yeah, you want to make your, your your job in Photoshop as minimal as possible. Yeah. That's, yeah. My, my final piece of advice links to Adam's, but it is try to make sure that you're not photographing with a reflective surface. And for heaven's sake, make sure that you aren't being reflected in the back of the image. <laughs> and to a particular eBay seller, I want to say, and if you are, for God's sake, please wear clothes. <laughs> Well, you know, fair call. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anything better that we could say about that. I hope that this has been helpful to you. Um, we might try and maybe Ben, you and I could take some photos of our setups at least so that we can put those on the enhanced podcast for people just to see uh, what's there. But have a look around and, and ask if there's a blogger or someone out there that you particularly like what they do, send them a message and ask them what their setup is. Cause there's no, it's, it's not rocket science and there's no one right answer to it, but thank you, Mary, for the suggestion. Um, we hope you're listening and, <laughs> We're going to be right back with some feedback and then our goodbyes. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Before we finish off, we have a bit of feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you would like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you may just hear it read out, or who knows, we may use your idea for a discussion topic in the future. Now, Adam has our bit of feedback for tonight. So, Adam, over to you to share that with us. Thanks for that, Scott. We've got a lovely letter from Rod slash Marvel. Uh, he says, hey, guys, great show. I greatly enjoyed the Avengers post-mortem. I haven't had a chance to talk to a larger group in person, so hearing your comments was much fun. Your look at favourite Avengers items in your collection was also cool, although Scott, saying She-Hulk is an outstanding piece, not very chivalrous. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> out of context. Time. Out of context. Ah, oh, it's a claim, is it? He goes on to say, for next time, my only experience with figure photography was less than perfect, highlighting my pitiful photo skills more than usual. I'll listen and try to learn. Thought for future topic, do your listeners build dioramas slash environments, and if so, how? Are they supposed to be representational or just abstract cool, new, repurposed, or found elements? Just thinking out loud. Thanks again for sharing this with us. Mm, I've... I'd like to see if Andy gets his diorama finished at uh, some stage. I reckon that's going to be pretty epic. Yeah. It, it, 
it's a definite skill. I mean, you see some amazing ones out there. I don't have the patience or the fine motor skills to build them, but um, some people have got definite talents at it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, Rod, and thanks, Adam, for doing such a great job of reading it out. And that brings us to the end of Episode 14 of the Action Figure Blues Podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed listening. You'll be able to download future episodes of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the Podcast tab or by subscribing on iTunes. If you do go to iTunes, please take the time to leave us a positive rating and review. Now, I forgot to check on Argentina iTunes to see if our Argentinian friend has come through for us. So we'll have to have a look and update you on the next episode. While you are at actionfigureblues.com, you might like to check out the reviews and articles there and perhaps visit some of our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Big Bad Toy Store, and popculture.com who all help keep the site running and the lights on. When we're not podcasting, blogging, or doing other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find all of us on the Action Figure Blues forum at afbforum.com where Ben posts as Fish Milkshake. Eli posts as Dozy Muppet, Adam posts as Westy, and I post as Andy, just to confuse things. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for future toys of the week or discussion topics, and you can do that by emailing podcast at actionfigureblues.com or by joining the AFB forum and telling us there. You can also follow Action Figure Blues on Twitter at AFBlues and like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Action Figure Blues. And with that, we are not 14 anymore. Well, we're at the end of our 14th, well, year, episode, whatever. Uh, well done, gentlemen. It was a pleasure. Indeed. Thank, Thank you. you. Adam, yeah, thanks, thanks for giving us another, another chance, Adam. No worries. You're going to come back and do this again? I believe I am. Awesome. Hey, Eli, you're going to come back and do this again? Jeez, <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> in, in another six episodes or so. <laughs> also, well, it was great to have you back, Eli. And, uh, yeah, there was Ben, too. Thanks, Ben. Oh, it's a pleasure. <laughs> he didn't bite at that one. I'm disappointed. <laughs> All right. Well, we've done well. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye. For the answer to last week's clue and then a brand new clue. Uh, hey, someone just made noises. Mm -mm. I didn't hear anything. Jeez. It was Eli. Imagine if. <gasps> oh, they did a Shang-Chi. No one told me that. <laughs> that was that funny. He's not easily distracted. Oh, look, buddies! Oh, man, he looks totally badass. Badass! <laughs> <laughs> did you? So many of us have had a go at taking some kind of photo of our new toys to share with others. Some people have very elaborate setups and processes. Some people can't keep... <laughs> oh, if only I was as good a reader as Ben. Oh, look, don't... Just don't try to measure up. <laughs> it's, it's just like, you know, it's a certain road to disappointment. <laughs> Oh, well, it's good to have goals. 
That's right. <laughs> if you do go to iTunes, please take the time to leave us a positive rating and review and send Ben gifts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I fell for the Google Doc trick. <laughs> you're fired. Oh, you're fired. I put that in there like a week ago. Really? <laughs> I think it's the first thing I wrote in the script when I opened it, like on Monday or whenever. <laughs> All right. Oh, we're doing well. It's not even midnight and we're already losing it. Here we go. Okay. Who's typing in my introduction? Stop it. <laughs> it's Adam. Yeah, it would be probably. Okay. It's his cursor there. You can see it. It's yeah, color-coded. Who, oh, hang on. No, not in the dock, it wasn't. Whose cursor is next to his? Eli. <laughs> that one. No. <laughs> what color is my cursor? God damn it. Ooh. I think that's something that you should really talk about with your doctor. <laughs> oh, my mother. Oh, gosh. My mother would never have answered that question. She would have just told me I was going to hell. Now, Adam has our bit of feedback for tonight. So, Adam, over to you to share that with us. Yep. Thanks, uh, Andy. So, we've got a letter from Rod. Sorry, sorry I've got to stop who? you there. Yeah, that... <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you call me Andy. Ah, uh, God damn it. <laughs> I was cacking at work when I was listening to the last one and yep. I thought, oh, that one slipped through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, it's a big, it's a big thing to let go of, but I'm actually thinking I'm just going to change my forum name to Scott because it's just too confusing. <laughs> so does that mean if we all come clean? So can I be sex God? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. You think it would be met with laughter? <laughs> 